I want to talk. Um, I want to talk tonight about. I I I called this Sila sort of, and Sila is the Pali word for ethics or ethical behavior. It's one of the um, sections of the Eightfold Path, and and I was thinking about this today. I uh, I mean there. Somebody asked me a question, sent me a Facebook message about how do you hold all the stuff that's going on right now, all the 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 uh, all the violence. I mean, that's been going for on forever, but you know, sometimes there's peaks and valleys, and that's so intense right now. And yet, also hold the joys and things that we have in our lives. I think I talk about this a lot, but it's it's um, it's really important, and I think the Dharma is really important uh, as a practice, as a way to move through the world. And I, and there were a couple of quotes that jumped out at me too uh, that I thought pointed to this um, need for us to really ground and reflect on how we are in the world, how we're holding ourselves, how we're moving through, how we're seeing the world, how we're seeing each other and interacting. And um, I'm reading this book, which I can never remember the title of, um, The Inner Work of Racial Justice by Rhonda McGee, which is really good. I'm doing a retreat this weekend with her and Bhikkhu Analio and Dawn Scott, who are really, really excellent teachers about using mindfulness for waking up to uh, racial justice and awareness. And um, she has quotes at the top of each chapter. And one of them was, population geneticists agree that all of us are literally on one human family. What would our world be like if everyone acted on this truth? And that's a quote from Sharon Salzberg. And then she has another one from Thich Nhat Hanh. There are people, no matter what ethnic group they belong to, whose way of thinking is full of understanding and humanity, whose way of speaking is full of hope and confidence, and whose way of acting is full of compassion. People can see the nobility in them. And what that, what, what that Thich Nhat Hanh quote reminded me of was, you know, he's talking about someone who is grounded in Sila, who's grounded in the Eightfold Path, who's grounded in this way of being in the world without causing harm. No matter who they are, there are these people who are, you know, walk through the world with understanding and humanity and hope and confidence and compassion. And I believe if practiced, these teachings, teachings can take us in that direction. And then there's a quote by James Baldwin that I don't remember where I saw it. I've had it as a tagline on my email for month or so now, I want us to do something unprecedented, and that is to be able to create a self without the need for enemies, which again is a way of moving through the world with um, wisdom and compassion and kindness and not causing harm. Um, you know, and, and these all these quotes point to the fact that we're really interconnected and we're not so different um, from each other, despite the gulf that we've created between us for any number of reasons. We can make up 
make up a difference about anything. And I'm always reminded about that original Star Trek. If you remember the one, the 60s Star Trek, where there's this one episode where these two guys are chasing each other and half their face is white and half their face is black. It's painted. And and they finally asked the one guy, why are you chasing this other guy? And he said, can't you tell? His, he's white on the left and I'm white on the right. And it's like, clueless you know we decide what things are important or not important and who's worthy and who's not worthy and and in the big scheme of things it's just made up it's just fabrications yet so much harm is caused by it um you know so it's about this these teachings are about being in practice and being in relationship with one another and I, um, there's another book that I, 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 I picked this up. I bought this a, a while ago. It's called The Whole Life Path by Jeff, Jeff Gregory Kramer. And it's another, it's a, it's a lay, lay person's guide to crafting a Dhamma-infused life. And basically, it's a look at the Eightfold Path, a really different view. I, I read a bunch of it today, and I was really impressed, Joanna my my cohort in meditation coalition suggested she said it's really awesome i know she has a blurb on here too so um it's it's really excellent so i i, I spent some time with with this piece of uh, ethical behavior um in his book and so i'll, I'll probably be um um quoting him a little bit, but he said, sila, which is ethical behavior, integrity is in seen internally cultivating the mind and externally giving safety. So we are internally cultivating our mind so that externally we can make it safe for people to be around us. I love that. I know the Buddha said that. I know Ruth King has said that, and I got it from her. I want to live in a way that makes it safe for people to be around me. I haven't always lived that way because I've been into self so much and into making sure I have mine and 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 so on and so forth. So how do I live in a way that makes, you know, that my mind moves in a direction of creating safety for others? Um Sila, I mean, and, and the neat part about Kramer is he takes this and not just having it be personal, but personal, but also having to also looking at how societies um, and cultures uh, determine are ethical or not ethical based on their um, uh, laws and legal systems and social norms, um, because they're all in people create the rules and regulations that are put in place. So when people are diluted, the norms of society are diluted. We can see this time and time again, again, both today and throughout history. It's, it's just really, really um, easy to see if we pay attention. Um, and how do we show up? How do we show up um, uh, as aware citizens? Um, he even talks about, you know, acknowledging our respect. You know, we, one of the one of the uh, factors of um, or pieces of the precepts and also wise action is not stealing. So, all right, I promise not to steal your purse when we're together or pickpocket you. That I can do that. Cash register honesty, I'm good like that. But also, how do we show up on this larger level? Do we, in, you know, do we invest in companies that cause harm by not paying a living wage? Stuff like that wage theft 
um, it's really important to not just be so caught up in the personal, but have a much broader, uh, broader, broader uh, view because what we do does have an impact. And we have to have that broad view because we are so interconnected. It's easy. My, my sister-in-law writes me notes every day because she's 82. And if, if, if I don't get an email from her, I have to check and make sure she's okay. But she said today, she goes, how, do, how are there people in the world who don't care what's going on? And there are a lot of people in the world who don't care what's going on. They're only interested in their own lives. And so this is an invitation to be uh, aware of what's going on in the world because what we do as individuals does have an impact. Even what we don't do are, are, are not doing things has an impact in the world. And so um, this, this practice of ethical behavior, of living with integrity, is, um, <clears throat> is, is a, uh, it's a demanding task. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it's also, before one even gets into, in, in t traditionally Buddhist countries, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in Southeast Asia, East Asia, <clears throat> excuse me, before one learns like Four Noble Truths and Eightfold Path or, or, or meditation, there's a grounding in ethical behavior. There's a grounding in generosity. There's a grounding in loving kindness. So there's a foundation that you have to support you before you sit on the cushion. So this is incredibly important. Ethical behavior is incredibly important. So um, moving into this, the Eightfold Path, if you don't know, there it's kind of three sections. There's the, the wisdom section, which is wise view and wise intention. There's the ethical behavior section, which is wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood, and then the um, concentration or collectedness piece, which is effort, mindfulness, and concentration, samadhi. So this ethical behavior is a whole section of the Eightfold Path. And it's all, the whole Eightfold Path is about how to be in relationship with other human beings. Um, Bhikkhu Bodhi says it's how to be in harmony with others, which is the same thing. You want to hopefully be in harmony with others as you're in relationship with them. So wise speech or right speech is a whole factor of its own because the Buddha realized how important it was. Um, and Gregory Kramer in his book talks about the karmic potency of, communi of, of communication. He says, as we internally frame speech and as we deliver it, we condition the mind. And once unleashed into the world, a communication Communication conditions the minds of others. So as we begin to formulate communication, we're, we're, we're creating a pathway for our mind to go down. And then as it lands on others, it's impacting them as well. So it's really getting into the fine, finer points of, of, and the subtlety of this. It's not just not using four letter words or however it is we want to show up in the world or, or uh, being harsh or critical. It's really recognizing the impact that our speech has on how we, how we um, operate. 
it's that 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 um, one line of the Dhammapada, you know, mind follows mind. What we do with our mind creates how we continue with the mind. So if, you know, my tired old example of being sarcastic, I was grooved in that. I didn't even think about it. It was a reaction. And it, that's how I showed up in the world. That's how I related to people. That's how pe- that's how it landed on people, my communication. And so then they would go, oh, this is who she is and blah, blah, blah. And so to really shift that and to stop and think about how that impacted others was was quite a, 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 a challenge for me. But I was willing to do that so I could be more in harmony, be more in relationship with others making it safe for them because some people didn't feel safe around me with that kind of verbal onslaught that I was so proud of. Um, you know, so the, the act of communicating is so important and we have to reflect a, on what we're going to say and the impact our words will have. And that's why, you know, it's its own factor. Um, so think about this. The words of the Buddha were written down over 2,000 years ago. He, he lived 2,600 years ago, and they were written down about 100 AD or so. Um, and they're still impacting us right now. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about them right now. So this is a very long span that these, these, these communication has had. Um, other religious texts, incredibly important, impact people profoundly. Um, what's going on in Israel and Gaza today? There's a lot of religion involved in that. All the other religious things that have so these words are incredibly powerful. This, these means of communication, you know, all the laws that have been put into place over over the the millennia have a huge in, impact. These things determine what is important in a society, what is not important in a society, and that trickles down to the to the citizens of the society. Um, some of you were here last week, and I was talking about um, ignorance, and there's a sutta, the Vipalasa Sutta, which talks about how ignorance just um, takes place or, or moves into the mind, and we don't see clearly the impact of what we're doing. Um, and I talked about Nazi Germany how the um, the communication, the propaganda against the Jews was was planned and 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 executed, I mean, really with great precision. So over the course of like six or seven years, this entire society turned against a particular group of people simply because the people, in um, leadership said, we don't like these people. And they just put forth all, they spewed all this propaganda over and over and over again. And people, um, you know, just, if I'm not paying attention, it's going to enter my ears and move into my head. It has an impact. It has an impact. So to really pay attention to that and understand how important communication is all around. You know, it's not just our spoken word as well as this this propaganda I'm talking about, especially not in, in this day and age. We've got the emails and the websites and the blogs. I mean, QAnon. I, have, I was talking to a friend yesterday who one of her brothers is totally down the QAnon um, rabbit hole. And she her mom is uh, kind of deaf, so she always has speakerphone. And when she hears him talking, it's just like jaw dropping. 
And I said, they, he didn't start out full blown. It's little by little by little. It's through social media, the particular social media um, avenues that that stuff enters and it's communication. And we, if we're not paying attention, it's so easy to be impacted. And people on the other side, we, we know what we're doing much of the time and we impact people. Um, yeah, we, we, uh, there's music, there's art, all kinds of communication. So recognize that wise speech is not just what the words that come out of my mouth, but all the means of communication that we have, that we utilize. It's, it's big, um, you know, and so paying attention and the Buddha's instructions as we're, we're getting ready to form our communication, we have to ask ourselves. It's really simple. Nothing, easy and simple are not the same thing. It's really simple, though. The Buddha's instructions are really important. Is it, is it true or false? Useful or idle? Not useful. Kind or abusive? You know? And is it, what's our intention and is it the right time? It's really simple. Is it true or false? Um, when, and then um, he has another, uh, Kramer has another quote. He says, the conditioning power of language operates internally and externally. Internal speech gives form and staying power to what might otherwise have been a passing emotion. So when we have these passing emotions and we start creating a story around them, then they start becoming solidified. Uh, mental speech, how you talk to yourself, how you think about other people, what you say, um, participates in an internal feedback loop. It stabilizes and shapes intention so that it can move outward into expression. And this can happen in a nanosecond, by the way. It's not that we're sitting here for an hour reflecting. It can, it can happen like this, or we're not even paying attention to it. You can see in practice that all of a sudden you're somewhere else. And there was a whole bunch of stuff going on that you may not have been aware of. This goes on all the time, which is why it's so important in this practice to be aware, to bring ourselves back to our feet and our breath. You know, and then so this inward expression moves into outward expression and the outward act of expression concretizes, prolongs and potentiates, I love that word, the internal mental pattern so that they continue, so that they condition future intentions. You know, they've conditioned future intentions. So what's going on in our mind we, it gets spewed out and we continue to, we create a path that we start going down. That's basically karma. We're creating our own, our own pathway for moving down. You know, and as we are, are putting this stuff out, it impacts the mind of the listener. Like, um, gee, pizza sounds good right now. And then all of a sudden pizza moves into the head of the person you're talking to. It's like, and they're like, oh yeah, pizza or whatever it is. Those folks are subhuman. We don't have to be nice to them. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, so really the power of words is, is important. Um, language can bind us together in collective selfishness or shared compassion. Words aim the mind. That's that mind follows mind. Actions follow mind. Um, 
you know, communication is usually preceded by thought and sometimes by emotion, like where we just have an automatic reflex of action or saying something. And whether it's wise or skillful or not, like this morning, I've talked about this before. Um, oh, my God. I um, Thursday morning, we put out our garbage, our recycling, our garbage, our green bins. And um, something, we put them out Wednesday afternoon. And... Because and because of the gun store around the corner, people are constantly parking on our block. And they, a lot of times, will come up and move our bins out of the way. And today, I watched a guy this morning park where there's not, a, like, enough room. Kind of knock our bin out of the way and then get up and go off. And I went running out and started, I went, hey! And he smiled at me. And I went, and he's like, oh, I had no idea. And I'm like, ah. I, that is, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, I could have handled that better. This is not the first time. It's like a button that gets pushed with me. And if I look at it, um, if I investigate it, I go, normally I wouldn't care. I mean, it's like, okay, these people just are mindless. A, you're mindless, clueless. You don't think about other, you don't think about what's going on. And there's a parking space. I might, God, I'm sorry, you might have to walk an extra 20 feet. I think what it is is because they're going to the gun store, and that is really the underlying thing. It's like, I don't like that. Therefore, I get to treat you like X, Y, or Z. I get to be rude to you. So to have that understanding of what perhaps drives how we communicate or our actions because wise action is also part of the Eightfold Path, is incredibly important, is incredibly important. This is simple. It's silly. Of course, I'm like, Mary, you're yelling at people who are buying guns. I mean, you know, I mean, you know they're buying guns because they're going to a gun store and they're walking out with stuff. So um, maybe not the wisest thing on my part. Plus, it's not nice. I can absolutely say that to him kindly gently let him know how I feel let him know what he's doing is not okay to knock these things over um so that the truck can't get to them blah 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 and and not do it in a in a harsh and scary way because I went running out of the house with my arms waving going and he's like so anyway so we have to watch that we have to investigate that um and then, and then yesterday morning, I got a jarring text. I was thinking about, you know, the autopilot response of this morning versus yesterday. I got a text from someone that made my stomach drop two feet, even though there's no two feet inside my stomach. And I was like, I still haven't responded to it. So sometimes I see the impact that something has and I take the time. So we have a choice. We absolutely have a choice, but we don't have a choice unless we're cultivating this, this uh, clear seeing, this right view. Right view supports right speech and right action. It's incredibly important. It's incredibly important to, to have um, uh, some kind of practice that really stabilizes you and allows you to see as clearly as you can, as clearly as we can with all the conditioning we have, 
with all the all the 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 um, distortions that we carry with us to see as clearly as we can what's driving our actions it's really important and when we see the ramifications of it it's important we bring wisdom and discernment to our communication to be true to be kind to be gentle to be appropriate and timely and not to shy away from what's necessary what needs to be said but to do it in a in a in a wise way without causing more harm um, you know if we're committed to a world that's just and non-harming speaking up when harm is being caused is actually incredibly important and wise speech is an, an entire factor in the eightfold path because of this importance and impact. Incredibly important. And one other piece, um, I mentioned nonverbal communication. It's like, how do you, you know, you don't have to say anything to express a thousand words. I mean, I could be sitting here talking to you, and if you're laughing and nodding, then I'm like, I'm getting some communication. If you're sitting there like, oh, God, and then you just, like, delete yourself. Or walk out like I've had in person. People get up and walk out. That's, like, a lot of body language telling me how they feel. And that's fine, I mean, in this, in this kind of thing. But that is also a form of communication. And I have used that, I, you know, sometimes uh, um, not thinking, but sometimes intentionally, making sure people knew how I felt without saying, what? I didn't say anything. What? That little bit of dis, being disingenuous. So that's, that's, that's also communication that falls under wise speech, right speech. So really important. The next piece is wise action. And that kind of, with wise speech, and makes up the precepts. Um, it's all about making sure what we do is wholesome and beneficial or recognizing if it's not wholesome and not beneficial. Will it cause harm to ourselves and others? You know, this factor asks us to pay attention on how we move through the world. And then Kramer also asks these questions. Um, how do how this is the important one how do the principles of right action and not harming require us to respond when we see others harmed by our society because we are so interconnected individual interpersonal and social action and effect are effect are inextricably linked and connected so we're you know we're not little we don't walk around in silos we have to really um, be willing to be part of the world we live in so just like speech, actions um, condition both our minds and the recipient of the action. Um, you know, like I said, um, what if, if we don't pay attention, what we do without thinking um, can cause harm because we're not paying attention and we're ignorant of the impact. And this is, I mentioned it a, a moment ago, but the, the most basic I mentioned karma a moment ago, but the, one of the most basic um, translations or meanings of karma or kama is action. You know, all we have are our actions. You know, in the five remembrances, it talks about, 
you know, everything, um, we're of the nature to grow old, get sick and die. Everything we love will be taken from us and all we have are our actions. And action is, that's what comma is, action. If we, if we incline the mind and start moving in a way that, that we act wisely, compassionately for the benefit of all, that our mind is inclined that way, our actions are inclined that way, it are, it's going to continue. The actions will continue. If we move instead in the other way of unwholesome, greedy, driven by the you know greed or hatred or ignorance, we're going to cause harm. And we're going to continue to cause harm because those patterns are going to become solidified and embedded. And we're going to go in that direction. And so um, I love the I love the saying. And this is this is where wise intention supports wise action. Your act, your intention leads to your action, to the act itself. Maybe your speech. Your intention leads to what you do, which leads to habit, which leads to character, which leads to destiny. So if you are continually doing things that are are harmful you're going to have a destiny that's harm, you know, that's full of suffering and pain. And if you go the other way, it's going to be different. I've experienced that in my life. When I did things that were harming for me or for others, it just never was fun. Yet as I move into this practice and I'm able to kind of, uh, see things differently and move in a different direction, there's a lot more ease. It doesn't mean shit doesn't happen. It doesn't mean there's no loss or pain. It doesn't mean, you know, there's only flowers and rainbows. There's still pain. There's still loss. There's still grief. There's still, you know, all the world. I still live in the world. I'm still part of this thing. But there's a different... Um, there's a different flavor to how I move through it. And I'm able to find an ease in spite of. I'm able to hold those emotions without letting them take over. Or without even knowing they're there and stuffing them down, which was much more likely for me. So wise action is to abstain from killing, abstain from stealing, abstain from sexual misconduct. And as I said, along with that, uh, along with wise speech and watching what you ingest so you don't get, so you're not mindless, like don't ingest intoxicants that lead to heedlessness, um, those are the precepts. And um, supported by right view and mindfulness and effort, making the effort to do these things, this is how you live in the world with integrity making it safe for others to be around you, making it safe for yourself. And your actions are mature and wise and well thought out and not harming, and you create safety. And ethical behavior is foundational to awakening. It's absolutely necessary to awakening, because if you're, if you're moving through the world creating havoc, it's, it's impossible for you to get the awakening factors include joy and tranquility. And if you've got, if you're carrying all this baggage around with you with remorse and guilt and uh, speaking from experience, I don't have good sessions on the, on the cushion. If I'm like worried about crap, I did not that if I, if I mistakenly cause harm, that's one thing, but intentionally because of ignorance or, or fear driven by, you know, 
taking care of me and self-centeredness, that's a very different experience than um, taking accountability for having caused harm unintentionally. It's really, really different. Um, so, uh, yeah, and so there's that not causing harm for ourselves and then expanding this out. It's really deeply embedded in Buddhist teachings, both in Theravada or actually the original discourses and in Mahayana, the two different big schools of, of, um, of Buddhist teachings to work for the benefit of all humans, work for the benefit of all in, in some of the older texts, um, the Buddha, some of the older suttas, um, like this one, the Buddha said, the person practices both for his own welfare and for the welfare of others is for is foremost. Oh, the person who practices both for his own welfare and the welfare of others is the foremost, the best, the preeminent, the supreme, and the finest. So if you're if you're practicing for the benefit of all, you got it going on. And then in Mahayana, there's the idea of the Bodhisattva who forgoes their enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. It's really, we're not just doing it for ourselves. We recognize the interconnectedness of us. You know, and there's another sutta where the uh, uh, Ananda was asking the Buddha or the Buddha and Ananda were talking and, and the Buddha asked, um, how much is, is community or friendship a part of the spiritual life and Ananda gave all these percentages and the Buddha said no it's actually the whole of the of the spiritual life this 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 connectivity is the whole um, I had the quote but I don't remember where it is it's somewhere in here anyway um, oh friendship is the whole of the holy life and when we're in community with with admirable people people who are also on this path or like-minded people, people who are not causing harm. You know, we have we have to associate with people who may not necessarily being being you know practicing Buddhism or or into these teachings, but there are a lot of really wholesome people and wise and kind and compassionate people who have different spiritual foundations. You know, we don't. That's why we have to really be cautious about saying, "Oh, you're bad. I'm good." It's just different for each of us. And I'm involved with an interfaith organization. Um, and my, my, I'm co-chair of the board with um, a Methodist minister from South Central Los Angeles and who's a great person and really a person of faith. And we get along great because we're, we are um, both supported by this foundation of ethical behavior. You know, how we go through the world may look different, but we're all we're both walking in the same direction. You know? And when we are so um, aware of being in community with others, uh, we hopefully notice what causes harm, not just the, what we do, but how harm is being caused in a societal way. You know, we just came at we're coming out of this pandemic and we have to be aware how um black indigenous people of color have been um you know so impacted by it uh by covid especially because of the disparities in healthcare, where people are, live um that so many essential workers who were exposed on a regular basis to the the virus were impacted 
Um, it's really important to see. And it's like, oh, why is that? That's not just a fluke of last year. That's that's centuries of stuff being put in place in our country. Let's see. We don't have any Canadians here. Sometimes we do. Okay, in our country, although there's some things in Canada, too, that um, um, uh, are not necessarily uh, wholesome and beneficial for all people. So to see how societally there's these this 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 um, pattern of harm being caused and how it shows up again and again in different ways and all the violence against, um, you know, uh, BIPOC people and in, in, in the last year, Asian American Pacific Islanders. It's 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 um, it's this legacy of unwise speech of of being willing to cause harm to people who we decide are not um, uh, fit the ideal of who is worthy i.e. white, mostly male, mostly wealthy. And if you don't fall into those categories, well, it's okay. It's okay if harm is caused to you because, you know, shit happens. So to recognize that, to recognize that and see how it's insidious and harmful and needs to, uh, we need to address that as part of our Eightfold Path practice. Um, it's the, yeah, um, so wholesome actions have impact both personally and in the world. And sometimes non-action is beneficial, like, you know, not crossing a picket line or something like that, or abstaining from doing something that you know will be harmful. And there are no cookie cutter answers. There's no, you must always do this. You must never do that. It's actually being present in the moment and seeing what is true as much as you can. Um, and it's and different things are true for different people. Like what's wise for you to do may not be good for me to do. But we all have this underlying foundation of not causing harm. So the specifics may be different, but we're moving in the same direction because of our, our commitment to wise speech and, and wise action and wise livelihood. I didn't touch on livelihood. That's a, the third factor of the um, the third piece of SELA is, is making sure that how we make our living doesn't cause harm. You know, not that we're, we're killing people, but that we are, um, are uh, perhaps working for a company you know, that doesn't cause harm. Of course, now it's incredibly difficult because these there's ginormous corporations who do good in this realm, but over here cause a tremendous amount of harm. So this disentangling is really is really hard. It's because this stuff has been going on for a long time and um, money is power and and has the end of the has the final say in so many in so many realms that it has an impact and so to disentangle from that but doing the best we can with what we have and the time we have where we are i think it's really important and it's really important to be clear and um uh, uh intentional in our actions and in our speech um, yeah if we want to live in a non-harming way we have to extend it to all of our actions in the world so 
um, I invite you to um, bring some reflection to this as you as you go through the day. There was um, there he has some practice. Kramer has some practices in here, and for wise speech, he says, spend a day thinking about everything before you say it which is um, can be very challenging. Of course, if you live alone and don't do anything, it can be easy. But watch what watch the voices in your head because they can go there, too, and they impact how you show up in the world. So it's not even if you're not in community with other people, but internally. Like I said, in, and in the Satipatthana Sutta, it says we practice internally, we practice externally. So really being aware of the internal um, um, conversations, communications, actions. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. I think I'm done. So thank you everyone for your, um, your kind attention and not sticking your tongue out at me and going in your nonverbal communication. Um, at least that I noticed. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.